What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bangarang. Bangarang is an instant protein pudding cake. Simply pop the top on the convenient and ready-to-go container, add your preferred liquid, and mix until you get a better-for-you pudding snack. Anybody who knows me knows I love my cold oats in the morning, and Bangarang has been a nutritious and delicious addition to the mix. Head to www.bangarangfoods.com and use the discount code UBY2019 for 15% off your first order. I want to take a moment to thank you all for taking the time out of your busy lives to listen to this show. Whether it's your first time or your 58th time listening, thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, please share it with family and friends. And, as always, if you don't like the show, please share with me. If you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a 5-star rating, write a little review, and hit that subscribe button. Speaking of reviews, one listener had this to say about the show. Quote, I love listening to your podcast every week. I truly look forward to it every week. There are so many great guests on the show, which I'm so fortunate to know some of the guests in person because of working out at CFB. You truly inspire all your listeners. Keep doing what you're doing. End quote. Now it's your turn to go write a review to possibly have it read on the next episode. Lastly, go check out my website, upbeforeyou.com, and check us out on Instagram and Facebook by searching Up Before You. My guest today is Cole Sager. Cole is a former Division I college football player who played at Washington. After he was done playing at Washington, he quickly made the transition into CrossFit. Cole has been to the games five times, and his highest finish was fifth in 2016. On this episode, we dive into Cole's childhood, growing up in a small town, playing college football, getting into CrossFit, what his mission is in life, what gets him out of bed in the morning, and more. Okay, now without further ado, let's get on with the show. What's up, Cole? Well, what's up, dude? How yeah. are you? Good, good. Yeah, thanks for being here. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. So on your website, you have some interesting facts about yourself, and one of them was that as a kid, you wanted to do, you were aspiring to be like Tony Horton. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. when you're done competing, are you gonna go? Are you gonna try to do that? Uh, so yes, yes, and no. So um, I think gone are the days of P90X, um, which is um, you know. I loved P90X. I loved following Tony Horton and everything. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you do it? I did. I did do. I followed P90X for a while through college, actually. Uh, so with with I, I played collegiate football at the University of Washington. Yep. Um, and throughout my four years there, I supplemented my training with some extra P90X workouts and whatnot. Nice. Um, and I had actually. <laughs> I had done them so many times that I had them memorized at that point in time and would just go to the gym, no video, no nothing, and I would just go through the circuit because I had done them so many times. Um, I think I had done P90X, Ad Ripper X so many times I could even verbatim tell you what he was going to say next in the video and like the voice inflection and everything. Like, yeah, so. dude, that was, that was a good one. 
Abrapax is a good workout. It, it, it is. Actually, every once in a while, like, when I don't have <laughs> prescribed training or something and Genesee and I want to do abs, we will sometimes pull yeah. up the Abrapax. Yeah, for sure. So. All right, can we back this thing all the way back to the beginning? Can you tell me about yourself growing up? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a small-town kid, uh, born and raised in Burlington, Washington. Uh, I think, gosh, when we when I was growing up, maybe had like 5,000 people in our town and they may have, they may be pushing 10,000 now, maybe, (laughs) you know, like it's a small little farm town. Uh, and that's exactly that. Like that's what I was raised on was farm town principles and, um, and, uh, just kind of, just kind of a small town mindset, you know? And, um, you know, I have some of the most loving parents, um, who have just supported me in such a big way. Um, I've always been kind of an athletic kid, uh, somebody who always uh, excelled in sports and found uh, found some some purpose and drive in that. And uh, so that was kind of where a lot of my journey has has started. Was it was kind of growing up in, in a small town and um, you know being someone who who had those kind of principles instilled in me. Um, you know my faith uh, very much stemmed from those principles being instilled from a small town. Um, you know, people not shying away from, from talking about the gospel or talking about God and, um, as well as, you know, not like not shying away from like telling me like you, you could do more things than than just be in this small town. Yeah. You know? Um, and that was something that I really took, I took to heart and I really listened to, um, and, grasped onto the words of people rather than the actions of people. Um, because in a small town, it's very easy to, to get stuck in a small town and yeah. not and never get out of it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's so much to say about, about, <laughs> about growing up, you yeah. know? I don't know so, uh, was it a competitive family that you grew up in? Not really. You know, I, I for the most part, um, I, it, competitive, uh, like athletically I'll speak athletically competitive I think all families in some nature are competitive in a way whether it be competitive for mom's attention or dad's attention or um you know I I have I have two two brothers one older brother one younger brother and so because of that like there's absolutely some competition, uh, you know, as far as like who's going to get more at dinner, who's going to get the last piece of dessert, you know, like you know, there's, you know, we were, we were, we were tornadoes in the house. God bless my mom's soul, you know, he raised three boys. So, um, you know, with that, there, there's some competitive nature there, but as far as athletics go, I was kind of the, the one that stood out in athletics. My, my brothers both were, you know, were athletes at some point. Um, but when we all got into high school, I kind of separated myself as the athlete of the family and, you know, they went to other things. They went to some some great things. My, my older brother is really good at acting. I mean, you know, he's, he kind of took the thespian route and my little brother had uh, a knack for singing. So he joined choir and, you know, so they all, we all found our own niche and our own thing. Um, but, but yeah, it was, I mean, three three boys and, and you know, family of five. Yeah. They're definitely a rambunctious group. So, now was football always the sport, and were you always set on Washington playing there? Yeah. So football was like, gosh, I fell in love with football. I was probably in the sixth grade, I think. You know, but what is that? I think it puts you around twelve years old, something yeah. like that. And 
that was just something where I love just the complete dynamic of football from everywhere, like the X's and the O's, the strategy and the mindset to getting to uh, legally pummel someone, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> from, from all of those, uh, you know, football was just something that I really uh, took a liking to. And um, when I was growing up, I, I used to go to um, UW football games with my grandfather. And that was something that, like, my family, purple runs deep in their blood, you know, like purple and gold kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, because of that, I, it was it was very clear that our family were dogs, and it was easy to get behind, and I fell in love with that and go into the games and the culture and the, the dynamic of, of what it felt like to be at Montlake, um, you know, at Husky Stadium on Montlake Boulevard and right there off of Lake Washington and all the views and the feelings and all the emotions that are involved with going to Husky football games. That combined with my grandpa, like, telling me, like, if you want to do that, you can do that. Go do it. And that was something that I just held on to and I really grasped on to. So uh, I think at a young age that really kind of rooted something in me that grew to go play at Washington. So Now, coming from a small town, were there a lot of people that were kind of laughing at that dream to go play there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, I talked about the small town mentality mm-hmm. a little bit, um, and that's very much it. You know, I though there are a lot of beautiful principles, um, you know, some of the best things about a small town is, uh, like people work to live with integrity, to be kind and look out for one another, um, families first and be there for, for your brother. And like, you know, like those types of principles, um, you know, run so deep in a small town, but there's also something in a small town that some people get caught up in a, a mindset of, well, what makes you special to, you know, think that you can get out of the small town or, you know, good luck kid. Like we all want to get out of here. We all want to go do that. What, you know, why do you think you're different kind of thing? Um, and so you definitely have some of that. That's a, something that rung uh, pretty heavily in, in my journey is just having a lot of naysayers, a lot of people who, kind of doubted what I said I was going to set out to do kind of thing. Yeah. So now were you, were you recruited to go there or did you walk on both? Oh. So, um, my senior year, I started talking to the running backs coach there that was, that was currently there. And that was under the Tyrone Willingham, uh, era. And during my senior year, Tyrone Willingham's crew and you know his whole crew, um, him included, were all let go. And, that year, if you go back into uh, kind of the history books, we only had 12 recruits signed that year, my senior year. Um, and I think it was one of the lowest recruiting class in, in UW's history. Um, and that was just because all of the recruits that had been that had signed letter of intent at the time um, were all under Tyrone Willingham. But then Coach Steve Sarkeesian had come in as well, he, he the was there. Coach. The what? Steve Sarkeesian was there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so I played under Steve Sarkeesian. Okay. Um, and so when I was being, when I was talking and being recruited by Tyrone Willingham's crew, they were fired. Steve Sarkeesian came in. They kind of stopped the recruiting pool, as 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 to say, and just took the current twelve recruits that had already been signed. And then from there, they just did 
a lot of uh, what would be called preferred walk-ons, uh, yeah. and that's where I was. So it was a preferred walk-on, come in early, um, start early with, with uh, training camp, and then earn your spot, and you can earn your scholarship if you uh, start on any – that was that was the that was a agreement. If you start on any team, whether it be special team, offense, defense, whatever, uh, you can earn your scholarship that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what – that's what I did. I was I was a preferred walk on, came on early, uh, earned my scholarship uh, just by getting onto a, a starting roster. So now, did you guys go to bowl games every year you were there? No, our first year we did not go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my Tyrone Willingham's last year, so that would have been my senior year at high school. Uh, his last year was the year that the Huskies went zero and twelve. Oh wow! Um, I think that was like the first time in Pac-12 history a team had gone zero and twelve or something yeah. like that, or UW's history. Uh, it was it was it was a bad season. <laughs> it was that year also Washington State, which was our our state rival. Washington State was also they were zero and eleven, and we were zero and eleven. Oh jeez! And we were playing the Apple Cup, and they called it the Rotten Apple Cup because yeah. we were both de- we were both defeated. So it was like, oh, well, one of these teams is going to win. <laughs> went under the belt but um so yeah so and then steve sarkeesian came in uh kind of started flipping the program around and we went five and seven my freshman year and you have to be at least 50 percent in order to get a bowl game bid so so uh uh, what position did you play when you were there i was i was i came in as a running back and through throughout my time there where i got most of my field time was on special teams um throughout I started. I started on a special teams my freshman year, and played every special team throughout my senior year. Started on mm-hmm. most of them throughout um, throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, my freshman year just—it's like a dream. It's like a dream start. Like kind of like a like a Rudy start. Um, I the first game that I started in was as the kick returner at Notre Dame opening kickoff it was just like this epic moment of like walking out into notre dame stadium opening kickoff i'm a freshman it's the fourth game of the season and it's just like oh my gosh this is amazing it was such a such an incredible experience that you walk out on notre dame stadium you feel the history the energy is just magnifying it's just incredible and there's so much like just adrenaline going on. You don't even have time to be nervous. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the, the only thing that could, like that went through my head was just like this is amazing. Not like oh, I, I hope the ball doesn't come to me. Yeah, or, <laughs> you know, it's like it's just like this is amazing. I am so fired up. Yeah. It was the second time I took the field that I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> I'm out here in front of a hundred thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so so do you think that like your experiences at Washington and your background as a football player have helped you become like the athlete you are today? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's one of the things I actually talk a lot about to yeah. uh, to, to younger kids nowadays. Um, who you know, I get the question a lot is do do I think that high school kids or younger kids should uh, take CrossFit up as a sport and maybe put more of their focus in on CrossFit? because they want to compete in CrossFit someday, or should they play, continue to play their team sports and, and, and partake in other athletic endeavors? And I strongly believe that 
kids should play as many sports as possible. I'm not a big believer in in focusing only on one sport. Be a multi-sport athlete. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the reason why I've been able to excel in the sport that I'm in now uh, in CrossFit because I played multiple sports growing up. I played – I dabbled a little bit in just about every sport you can imagine. Um, and because of that, it's given me a, a keen body awareness to be able to make change, changes and adjustments. Mm-hmm. To, you know, and, and not only that, but it's also like it's developed uh, motor recruitment and neural pathways in order to – make changes and adjustments that I need to make. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that it playing, playing at UW, uh, playing multiple sports as a kid, uh, helped me excel fast and early on in the sport that I'm in and continues to help serve me, you know, as I go through my career today. Yeah. So how did you find and how did you get into CrossFit? <laughs> I had a, I had a buddy who was in the army. Um, uh, he, he never really understood like my desire to play in the NFL or, <laughs> or play college football. He was just always kind of like, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. And, and so he was he was in the army at the time, and he started doing some CrossFit type workouts, which he didn't really know he was fully doing CrossFit at the time. But um, you know, he he tried Murph and um, a couple of the, some, some other named workouts, uh, you know, on Hero workouts. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, and he started looking into CrossFit a little bit. And I, I found this out later. Um, but we sat down and he starts giving me this big whole pitch of why I should start doing CrossFit. And I should try to go to the CrossFit games rather than play football. And later it came out, he hadn't even been doing CrossFit at the time. Yet. Like He himself <laughs> hadn't even like given it a go and fully committed yet. He was just like, oh, I thought you would be good at it. So I figured I'd tell you. <laughs> you know, and it's like... Okay, great. I made a decision wholly, like solely based off of you, per- like persuading me to do this, and you hadn't even given it a shot. Like, what the <laughs> heck? So, um, anyways, he sat me down in Chipotle, and he was like, "Hey, look, you're going to give up this dream of playing football and going to the NFL. You're going to start doing CrossFit, and you're going to go to the CrossFit Games." And I laughed at him. I actually remember telling him, "Like, CrossFit is stupid. They do push-ups and pull-ups with bands." I'm not going to do that. No way. I play football. I'm big and tough. I do bench press and I squat heavy. Like all this, like this football mentality, right? That I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do CrossFit. That's no. I was like, I was almost offended. And uh, he was like, okay, dude, stop being so, so ignorant and, 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 and hard headed. I want you to go check these videos out. And he sent me a couple of videos, uh, and they were Rich Froning and Dan Bailey talking about their faith. They weren't even doing a CrossFit workout. There was just a couple dudes, good dudes, just talking about their faith and how they want to positively impact a community. And after seeing that, I was like, gosh, that's, that's really cool that there's a community out there with leaders within the community who care about making a difference. That it's not all about them. It's not all about gaining fame. It's not all about gaining fortune. And, you know, how much playing time I can get and all this stuff. It's just, how can we influence the community in a good way? I was like, that's the kind of community that I want to be in. That's really cool. And so that's when I kind of opened my eyes. Like, okay, like I'll at least watch some other videos that you send of, like, workouts and stuff like that. And so he, after watching that, he's like, okay, now check out these videos. And he sent me some videos of the CrossFit Games. And I remember there was, I think it was the final of 2012, and I was like, oh, man, this is dope. Like, this is so sweet. And they were doing, like, 
they, I think they had hand release push ups and then they had to climb up and over a wall. Um, and then that was, um, uh, let's see, what else did they have? They had burpees over the wall. Yeah. Um, had to carry some. Anyways, it was just like this, like really <laughs> cool, this kind of grunt worky things that we, like you would see on a farm, like that I would have seen growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind, I, I kind of grew up on a small, like small little farm. You know, we had horses and we, I, bale, you know, bale hay or buck hay all the time. Like all these different things. Like so, it was really cool, like seeing them do this. Like, oh, like, I can relate to that. That's yeah. really cool. I, yeah, maybe I will give this a try. Uh, so. Yeah, we kind of kept talking, and he kind of he finally convinced me like to give it a shot, at least try some of the workouts. Um, and that was when I was coming up on my senior year of college, and I had to kind of I had to make the decision: Do I want to get ready for my pro day uh, and try to go into the into the NFL draft and get picked up by a team and start that whole process? Or do I want to make a change, make a shift, and go in another direction? And uh, you know, I had to do some internal searching as to why I'm doing anything that I'm doing, and make a decision from there. And I felt it best to to step into CrossFit. And so, my senior year of college, we went to the Las Vegas Bowl where we played Boise State, and I believe that was on like December 26th or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right around Christmas time. And so we got we got back from uh, the bowl game, I think, somewhere on December 28th. And I got off the bus, immediately went to the rec center at UW, and I loaded up the barbell, and I did my first CrossFit workout, and that was Grace. And I did Grace, but little did I know, there are plates and kilos <laughs> and I didn't know that <laughs> so I just took the plates that looked like 45 pound plates but they were really 55 pound plates they were the 25 kilo plates yeah. and so my first CrossFit workout ever was Grace at 155 huh. so it was a slightly heavy Grace for my first uh-huh. workout yeah. uh-huh. hey guys Connor here I'm sure that you've all heard of CBD oil by now and I wanted to share a product with you that I really trust and believe in UltraCell CBD oil is a USDA certified organic, water-soluble, decarboxylated CBD oil made from Colorado-grown hemp. There is absolutely zero THC in this product, and the key part to it, and what separates it from other CBD oils, is the water solubility. Lab tests show up to 94% bioavailability over a 12-hour period. Guys, this means it's in your system, and your body is actually absorbing it and using it so that you reap the full benefits. Most CBD products sell for upwards of $160 for a month's supply, but... You can support the Up Before You podcast and get a premium product for just $120 a month. All you have to do is go to my website, upbeforeyou.com, and click on my Shop CBD tab to take advantage of this offer. Or you can simply search www.zillis.com backslash upbeforeyou. Now, guys, I wouldn't push something like this that I myself don't use and don't believe in. I've used UltraCell CBD oil for a few months now and have noticed a world of difference in my sleep and recovery. Better sleep for me has led to quicker recovery times, which has led to better workouts, higher volume, and higher intensity, which has led to an increase in my overall fitness. For people like you and me who are constantly grinding it out in the gym and breaking down our bodies, it is absolutely critical that we are doing everything we can to recover. Give UltraCell CBD a shot and see what it can do for you. With that being said, let's get back to the show. So when you started, what was the most difficult movements to learn? I spent the most time trying to learn the double under and the butterfly pull-up. I feel like that's everyone. <laughs> it was, 
if like I get a lot of people who send me DMs about struggling with movement, struggling with double unders and chest bar pull ups, and I'm um, just not able to get them. Um, and if they would have seen me when I first started out, everyone would have some hope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was terrible. <laughs> I had no rhythm in me. I couldn't get double under to save my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I went through every phase of the double under where you get one trip, yeah. get two trip, get 10. Oh my gosh, I figured it out. Try again, get one. It's like the most, every frustration that the uh-huh. double under can give you, I have felt an experience at some point in time. So and then, what was your first year competing? Uh, 2013 was the first year that I competed. I started CrossFit January 2013. Okay. Um, and went to regionals that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when did Bergeron come into the picture? Ben Bergeron. Uh, <laughs> So my first year at the CrossFit Games was 2014. So I I had been doing CrossFit for about a year and year and a half or so. Um, went to the CrossFit Games in 2014, and at that time I was training with a friend, Rory Zambard, who was a female com- competitor and competed in the 2013 Games. Uh, we were both living in Seattle and training at a CrossFit Deliverance, and she. Oh, she she had, had she knew Ben from CrossFit Level One staff. They were both they had kind of both been on staff and went on at some point in time and had crossed paths. And she was very familiar with hit with the comp trainer competitors training. And uh, so in 2014, uh, that's when I was first introduced to Ben. Uh, and it's always fun listening to him tell the story. Uh, I was warming up in the athlete area and I was doing these bounding jump things for a workout where we had some like box jumps and whatnot and so i was warming up and i was doing these big bounding things uh something that that i would have done like warming up for a football for running for sprinting or you know for plyometric or something uh which you don't really see at the crossfit games like you Mm -hmm. see people warming up their squat or mobilizing you don't see people bounding like deer across (laughs) the warm-up area so he kind of like stopped and like what is what is he doing you know and um it was kind of like I would say at that moment, I kind of wooed him, you know, like that for me, come here, man, you know, <laughs> and so at, at that time, he was kind of like, oh, like, he seems like an athletic guy and whatnot, and shortly after that, we were introduced and just casual conversation, hey, nice to meet you, this is great, whatever. Um, after, during the year of 2013, I started working with my uh, manager and agent, uh, Matt O'Keefe, who works with mm-hmm. a plethora athletes from Matt Frazier, Katrin, Sarah, Sigmund, like, like just a, an array of people um, at, at any point in time. Uh, he's he's helped us all. So he started work, we started working together and he had a really close relationship with Ben and uh, he wanted to see me excel and do well. So he uh, asked Ben if I could come out for a regional prep camp in 2015. And so I came out with him and Ben at the time was coaching Michelle Latondra, Catherine David Sauter, and Matt Frazier. Um, and so I came out in 2015. He also had a team, a uh, uh, CrossFit New England uh, team. Yeah. And so he was coaching all of those guys, and I came out for their prep camp uh, out in Boston. Did the prep camp. It was really cool. It was great. Um, you know, kind of sort of kept in touch. Um, you know, when we saw him again at the games, it was very much like, hey, like, great to see you, like, how you doing? Like things are going good. All right, cool. Like if you need any help or want any assistance, like 
like thinking through a workout or like suggest mm-hmm. just let me know you know i'm here for you kind of thing and it was just it was great you know we had definitely built a connection um in 2015 at that, at that regional prep camp and then it was in october of 2015 after the crossfit games where i had placed seventh that year uh he had reached out and said hey like, i would i would love to work with you officially like if we if you want to make this happen like this this would be awesome mm-hmm. and so we started working together in, in 2015 of, of october so so what has Ben helped you with? What aspect of your game has he helped you with the most? Rewriting me as an athlete. I think the, the reconstruction of what I needed to be in order to excel is something that he saw really, really well. Um, I tell the people all the time that Ben is so much more concerned about mindset than he is about athletic achievement. And he works from the mind out. So how can we develop you as a human being? How can we develop your mindset? Um, and how can we essentially take and rewrite and rebuild you as an athlete to make you even more capable than you already are? And that was, that has been a process that has been, you know, a four year process of great. You see yourself as this strong, explosive football player back in 2015. And that's, that, that was very much my identity. Like, I'm explosive. I'm powerful. I, you know, I'm gritty. All these things, and now I see myself as I'm well-rounded. I have aerobic capacity. I love to run long distances. I love to be on my feet and bike for long periods of time. But I also can move heavy objects, and I'm also still explosive and fast. Like there was just like, but we had to tear me down in order to build me back up. Yeah, and he has had <laughs> that vision and he's been true to that for years and i think that's something that's been really really cool something that i probably wouldn't have seen you know i know i wouldn't have seen uh if i was just on my own you know it's very hard when you're in the middle of it in the midst of it to be able to look outside yourself and say this is where we need to get to how do we do that and he's been able to have that foresight that long-term vision of this is the type of athlete we want to be so we need to make these changes now, knowing that they're not going to happen right away and that it might be a long, slow process. And I think that's something that speaks to, you know, to, to a lot of people in their, uh, in their life is it doesn't happen right away. It's a long, slow process. And you do have to develop certain skills along the way. And then they start to come together and you start to build momentum. And it's almost like an exponential curve of how that starts to grow. And then, you know, and so... It's been really cool to have that mentorship, that foresight from from a coach, from Ben, to be able to see where we mm-hmm. want to go and where we want to get to mm-hmm. and stay that course. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in your life? How'd you do it and what came out of it? CrossFit related or not? Oh, man, that's... <laughs> I, I it, It's tough because like I operate so much from like a place of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very grateful for the life that I have. You know, I know that so many people have had such a difficult life, um, and I have won the lottery in terms of of what I was just given. You know, a great family um, and a physical ability, and uh, you know, opportunities all along the way. The ability to speak and uh, you know, charismatic personality, like all these things that I was given. So it's really tough to say like what's the hardest thing that. Uh, I've ever had to overcome. So 
really what I come to when I think of that is my own ego, um, you know, and, and that might sound cliche to some people, um, and that's fine, but I feel like I've been every, I've been given every gift and every tool, um, to make something great of myself, to make something great of this world, to experience all thing, all that God has to offer in life. And, you know, it's kind of up to me to get past myself, to see that it's not about me, that it's about serving other people. It's mm-hmm. about making this world a better place. And really coming to that and realizing that, that it's like you were given these gifts for purpose to help and to serve not to just make your life better. It's mm-hmm. not about you, dude. It's about everyone. We're all in this together, you know? And, um, I think along the lines of that as well, um, you know, in talking about difficulties, uh, I grew up with a lot of doubt, not necessarily just self doubt. Um, you know, I think any self doubt that, that would come was stemmed very much from, from a lot of the people who doubted me, a lot of people who said, ah, probably not going to happen, dude. It's a really cool dream. It's a really cool aspiration, but it's very unlikely. Um, having some football coaches, uh, growing up say like, that's great. Like, I love that you would like to play at UW, but mm, you're probably just a D3 athlete. You know, like you're not really a D1 athlete. Um, have, you know, I, I remember in high school, I had this counselor, um, this, this academic counselor go through some of my grades, um, some of the courses that I've taken to help me kind of write out my resume and whatnot to prepare to send, um, send out applications to UW. And I remember her telling me that you're not going to get into UW. You don't have the grades. You didn't take the right courses. Um, you don't have the right SAT scores. It's very unlikely that you're going to get to UW, uh, that you're going to get accepted. So I would just plan to go to another school if I was you. So I think having a lot of a lot of doubt growing up, a lot of naysayers, a lot of people telling me that I'm not going to be able to um, or that it's very unlikely combined with like that almost like egotistical, like, I'll show you, that has been something that has been very difficult to overcome. And kind of going throughout, going through my athletics, I realized, like, what if I approach things from the aspect of, I've been given these gifts and these talents, and I have every opportunity and ability set forth in me, especially people who, like, growing up in America, like, we have so many freedoms and so many opportunities, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, so being in that realm and knowing that I've been given these gifts, I started to operate and think of it as like, I have these. Why don't I maximize them? Why don't I? I've been given these freedoms and these abilities and these opportunities. What if I did everything that I could to make the most of them? What kind of impact could I have on the world? And that was something that really has kind of struck me over the last few years of competing, um, over the last few years of, of you know, kind of growing, going through this season of life that has led me into, you know, just where I want to go with the rest of my life and whatnot. So, yeah. so with that being said, how much longer do you see yourself competing and what do you want to do when your CrossFit career is over? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to project too much about like how much longer I have. Um, you know, I think that's in God's hands and, and I know that I'll take every day as it comes and make the most of it. Mm-hmm. With that said, I feel like I have a lot of years left left in me. Like yeah. I, I feel really good, and it's been really cool over the last two years. Um, I've been able to say I feel the best that I've ever felt 
Um, you know, from 2014 to 2017, I was kind of on a downward trend. But after 2017, I have been feeling better and better. Mm. And so <laughs> the way that I'm feeling, like, I feel like I just got started. <laughs> so <laughs> like I'm in my freshman year again. I got, more, I got a lot more years in me. So, you know, let's pony up and let's do this thing. Right. So, um, you know, and then, and, and then once uh, CrossFit is done, um, I want to get into motivational speaking. I want to help people. Uh, I want to encourage the discouraged. And I want to serve people and help them help give people the tools to pursue their dreams, um, to maximize and make the most out of the opportunities that they're, they've been given. Um, just like I, you know, I have, I have worked so diligently to do. Um, and so that, that was, that was the sole purpose why I got into CrossFit in the first place was to build a platform in order to reach more people, uh, to spread a positive message, to be a light to the world and, um, just, um, you know, love on people the way that God has loved on me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, that 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 is why I got into CrossFit in the first place. That has not changed. Uh, I am still just building a platform to reach more people, uh, to level more people, mm-hmm. to encourage them, uh, and and ultimately help people just just make the the most of their life and every opportunity they've been mm-hmm. given. So you've talked. I saw this in one of your videos, and you kind of talked about the fulfillment you get in inspiring others, even if you don't know them. Um, even you like never met them, you can almost, you say like you can almost feel it when you're like pushing through something difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like, what does that mean? I guess. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, the way that I put it a lot to people is, um, I want to work diligently, uh, and be disciplined in the area of life that I'm in now, uh, knowing that the work that I'm doing is ultimately going to change someone's life and change the trajectory of somebody else's life. I may not know that person. Um, I may not know that they're watching and I may never get to meet them. But I know that if I just give myself fully to the disciplines that, that I need to partake in on a daily basis, if I pursue my dreams and I make the most of my life, I know that it is going to encourage and it's going to inspire someone in a great way. And you kind of alluded to it, but I can almost like see that person's eyes it's almost like when I get into like like into a dark place or, you know, I'm struggling and I need some motivation, some inspiration. It's like I can almost feel that person in the room with me, almost begging me and like just hoping that I continue, that I that I just kind of push through and make it through that lull or that valley and kind of keep and keep climbing the mountain, you know, and um and so just having that, that, that vision of seeing that person's eyes of like, you know, like I'm going to impact somebody. I don't, I don't need to meet them. I don't need to know them. Um, but if what I'm doing makes a difference in, so, in just one person's life, then it's been worth it. And all of it's been worth it. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. That's awesome. Thanks, man. So, I appreciate it. like, what gets you out of bed in the morning every day? You know, I think I've spoken to it a little bit is is knowing that if I give myself fully to waking up and making the most of every opportunity that I've been given, like, like talk about grace, you know, like I have been graced so much in life. We all have. We all have like been shown so much grace. And I just that grace is just like inspired my heart to get up and make the most of what I've been given to know that 
It's like, I want to honor God with the way that I have just sharpened and my tool set, um, sharpened my skills, uh, made myself available to other people. I want to make an impact in this world. I want to, you know, and, and as I started, the, I started this, uh, started using this, this phrase, like be the impact uh, last year. And uh, to me, what that, what that really means is like, I want to wake up every day and I don't want to just like have an impact on the world because, because anybody, anybody can do that. Anybody can go and, and, and do one thing that it's like, great. Like that was impactful. But what about you? What are you doing? You can be the impact every day. You can wake up and you can love on people better. You can serve people better. You can pursue your dreams harder. You, like, you can make this life so much more than it is. And that what that's what excites me about the day. That's what gets me up in the morning and I'm just extremely excited about. I don't, I don't know what is around the corner. But I know that it's good, and I have faith that it's good. And in my soul, I know that God has good things planned for me of prosperity and good fortune, and I'm going to look out for that, and I'm going to be prepared. And in my garage, I have a quote from Abe Lincoln that says, I will prepare, and someday my chance will come. And so every day, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to make the best of myself. I'm going to grow, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to challenge myself because there's going to be a time when someone needs me. When someone truly needs me, and I want to be prepared for that moment. I don't know how I'm going to need to be prepared, but if I wake up and I, and I work on myself, I read scripture, I make sure I'm in the right mindset, I'm in good physical health, I am pursuing dreams and challenging myself in new ways to open and expand my mind, I know that at some point in time when that person needs me, I'm going to be prepared. And the one thing that I don't want is to live a life of complacency when I meet that person and they need me and I'm not able to give anything to them. Dude, that is so powerful and so awesome. You got me fired up. Well, thank you. Wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one last thing. Um, who of your CrossFit peers, like competitors, do you look up to and admire the most? Oh, man. Um, I, I, I mean, first, obviously, I think I... There, there's an elephant in the room of I really, really appreciate Ben and everything that he's done for me, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and then obviously Genesee, my wife, I don't know, it hasn't been, I don't think the story has really been told a, a lot, but last year she uh, left her full-time job uh, to come home and just help me train more, to train better, to look over a, a lot of other things um, so that I can put more emphasis on training and she's in every training session with me. And, you know, I was like, so I guess like really in the, in the grand scheme of things, like the thing that I appreciate the most is just my team. Mm-hmm. The teams that have, have, have given so much of themselves to me that I in turn want to respect everything that they've done for me and I want to honor them. Yeah. I want to make the most of myself to honor and respect the sacrifices that people have made for me. And so that absolutely, you know, but... It's almost unfair to try to pick out one person, yeah. um, but I think just the, I spoke about it earlier, but just having Dan Bailey and Rich Froning um, and Graham Holmberg, he was actually one of the videos that I watched as well. Chris Spieler was one as well, but some of those, some of those legends yeah. that stand out in the CrossFit community, um, be willing in the beginning of it all to speak up. 
and talk about helping and serving the community and making it about the community and not about ourselves. And as the sport grows, I realize that a lot of people are going to get into it for different reasons. But a lot of people used to do CrossFit because they love the community aspect of it and tied with the competitive environment. And I don't ever want that to get lost. I try so hard to remind myself when I'm done with events that there's other competitors out there on the field that have made a lot of sacrifices, that have worked very, very hard, and that potentially could just need a little encouragement. And so I pick myself up off the floor as soon as I'm able, and I walk back out on the competition floor and I start cheering those guys on. Mm -hmm. And I try to get the crowd fired up because I know how amazing it is to have the crowd and the community cheer for the last person finishing as if they were the first person finishing. And that's what this community has been all about. And I don't ever want that to leave. And so if I can just continue to be just that little beacon of light and hope in that, uh, I will continue to do that. Uh, but that stemmed from those early competitors, those early games competitors who we're in it for the community. We're in it to serve people and to love people. I'm not saying that there are people, there are a lot of people who aren't nowadays. I'm not yeah. saying that. Um, but they were the inspiration for me in the beginning and that, yeah. and that I appreciate them speaking up and being vocal yeah. about. Dude, I love some of your uh, videos of you doing workouts and your wife, Genesis, in the background like, come on, Cole. Faster, Cole. <laughs> Pick it up, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she has, she has like, she has no sympathy whatsoever. She was like, you know, I just want to look at it like, it hurts. She, she's like, I don't care. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, there's this, uh, uh, comp train did a series of videos last year, uh, of some of their comp train named workouts. And one of them, uh, I did was called death race. And yeah. you go on YouTube and search death race comp train that comes up. And this just a miserable workout of assault bike and burpees for five rounds. And it's just destructive, absolutely destructive. And I was in so much pain at the end of it when I finished. Everything starts to get quiet in the video, and the music starts to go down, and all of a sudden you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's just laughing at me. I'm just like, that is, that is sick. That is, I can't believe you right now. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah that's well, awesome, though. But Well, Cole, thank you very much for being here. This is awesome. Your story is awesome. And congratulations on punching your ticket to the games. Thanks, Connor. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for letting me just share my story, share my yeah. testimony, and just uh, sure. be a voice to the community. I appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed episode 58 of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Have a great day.